0: Hi, my name is Kirk Hamilton, your host of the Staying Healthy Today Show. This is a show where we bring you key experts in the fields of nutrition, prevention, integrative, and lifestyle medicine. My guest today is uh, Dr. Jeffrey Gash. He was an interventional radiologist. Yes,
1: originally board-certified diagnostic and interventional radiology. And now what would you say you are? uh, I retired from radiology about 10 years ago, and now I practice outpatient clinical medicine in in my own private practice in Davie, Florida. And what kind of practice is it? Just outpatient clinical medicine. Uh, I didn't intend on becoming uh, an expert in thyroid disease. However, a lot of my patients have thyroid problems. A lot of my patients are seeing me for bioidentical hormone replacement for both men and women. And I see all sorts of um, general medical problems, autoimmune disease, um, pretty much everything.
0: Well, I'm here at the International Conference on Integrative Medicine in Philadelphia. And Dr. Dash has wrote in a book called The Heart Book. And he also is one of the first lecturers speaking. And so I wanted to go over some of the things he talked about because some of them I know something about and some I don't know much about. So let's start off with coronary calcium scoring. It seems you're a big fan of coronary calcium scoring. So why don't you tell me why you are and how you use it?
1: Yeah, you know, the title of my talk is Calcium Score Progression, the Paradigm Shift in Cardiology. And the one article we can point to that uh, represents the paradigm shift, I think, is the 2004 Paolo Raji article. Uh, He was at, at that time at Tulane, studied 500 asymptomatic patients, all on statin drugs over six years. 41 of these patients had heart attacks. Their cholesterol level was exactly the same, identical to the other 450 patients who were heart attack free. So that study shows, number one, cholesterol level is not predictive of who's having a heart attack and is a very good evidence that falsifies the cholesterol theory of heart disease. You know, there are other lines of reasoning, that's one of them. Number two, the defining factor that defined the heart attack group was they had calcium score progression of greater than 15 percent. Many of them had 30 to 40 percent annual progression. When We talk about annual progression of calcium score, we're talking about two exams a year apart with greater than 15 to 20 percent progression, meaning the calcium score is 100 on the baseline scan and a year later it's 120. You can do the calculation, it's a 20 percent annual progression. So. What the Paolo-Raji study showed for the first time was that calcium score progression is a much more uh, accurate and powerful predictor of which patients are going to have a heart attack over the next six years. The Cholesterol level was absolutely useless in that study.
0: So what is the calcium score? I mean, there's different types of plaques, so couldn't you describe what calcium score tells you?
1: Yeah, the calcium score is, is a standard calcium score, nothing special. It's a CAT scan without IV contrast through the upper chest to image the coronary arteries. Once the images are obtained, then uh, you can do offline processing on the images using the cursor on the computer that comes with the CAT scanner. The w- calcification appears white on the images, so the cursor can be drawn around the calcification, and the computer can then quantify the amount of calcification. It's usually given in Agatson units, named after uh, famous South Beach cardiologist Arthur Agatson. So the report for the calcium score is usually given in terms of the amount of calcium in each of the three coronary arteries, CIRC led and RCA, and then uh, also the left main, and then there's a total score given. So if LDL isn't a good risk factor or a cause of heart disease, then what is your theory? The replacement theory of heart disease is the metabolic endotoxemia, the endotoxin theory of heart disease, also called LPS theory of heart disease. And this is not a new theory, it's been around for a long time. It's the idea that the calcification that we're seeing on the, on the calcium score, the calcification in the artery arterial wall is a response to an inflammatory process in the artery. And we know from my background as a radiologist, that was my job was to look for calcification on X-ray imaging or CAT scan imaging, which is X-ray imaging, and to try to find a pattern that would give me a diagnosis of what was causing the calcification. So we know from years of experience that the most common cause of calcification in the soft tissues, you know there are others, but the most common is infection. And I showed uh, during my talk, I showed a number of examples of infection. Remember the case of calcium in the pericardium, calcific pericarditis from tuberculosis. So this is very common to see calcification from infection. When we see the calcification gradually increasing, that means there's active infection. So if an infectious process is one of the main etiologic
0: causes of calcified plaque and heart disease, how do you go about assessing what that infection is and then treating it? And if you do treat it, can you reverse the the calcified plaque which i've heard you can't but you had some case studies that you have the studies
1: that have been done showing infection in the plaque are mostly done with this new microbiology technique which is genetic sequencing called 16s ribosome genetic sequencing and they're able to demonstrate using this new genetic sequencing technique that atherosclerotic plaque is polymicrobial infected biofilm with multiple organisms and not only are there multiple organisms, but it's also a biofilm, which means is the organisms are organized and they're all connected with a mesh-like network fiber strands. That's the, biofilm. That's the biofilm. So antibiotics are ineffective against biofilm. We know that from from, person, from long periods of experience with biofilm. Number one, we need biofilm agents. And I mentioned a few of those that have been around for a long time and are, are well known. And then number two, we have to go to the source of the infection. Where is it coming from? The arteries are infected. Where's the infection coming from? And the two most common sites are periodontal disease and leaky gut is quite common. And it's caused by a number of things. For example, we. Consumption in sensitive individuals will cause leaky gut and endotoxemia. Diabetics have leaky gut on the basis of elevated blood sugar, which uh, is another elevated blood sugar uh, is a direct cause of increased gut permeability. So there are other dietary and lifestyle factors that can cause leaky gut. Various drugs, over-the-counter pain pills like ibuprofen and NSAIDs are known from many years of study to cause leaky gut and heart disease. You know the Vioxx scandal. Remember Vioxx? Vioxx was found to cause fifty-five thousand heart attacks directly causes leaky gut, which then causes endotoxemia and causes coronary artery disease. So how do you approach treating someone with coronary artery disease? So you know, we we can attack and treat at multiple levels based on a a flowchart algorithm starting with leaky gut, which then leads to endotoxemia, circulating bacteria in the bloodstream, which then leads to activation of nuclear factor Kappa Beta and macrophages and and also seeding of uh, atherosclerotic plaque with infection microorganisms, uh, which then stimulate inflammatory cytokines in the plaque, which then stimulate calcification. Yes. Intervention can be directed at, we can try to block each step along the way. We're going to dr- try to address leaky gut. That I quoted an article by Resnick from 2010, where he gave a nutritional protocol which addresses leaky gut. And you know, many of these interventions are going to be the subject of later talks during the meeting. You could know, spend an hour on each right. one. But, uh, you know, I listed on one slide 20 or 30 things that are part of the armamentarium number one, vitamin C, which goes along with the Linus Pauling protocol, things that inhibit soft tissue calcification, vitamin K, magnesium, things that block nuclear factor kappa-beta activation, various botanicals, including vitamin D, aged garlic, which was the subject of Dr. Badoff's many studies, blocks nuclear factor kappa-beta activation. And then you have antimicrobials, such as aged garlic, which is antimicrobial and also effective against biofilm. Other biofilm agents are things like EDTA, fibrinolytic enzymes hyperbaric oxygen or ozone, which, again, the speaker uh, tomorrow will be talking about ozone, Robert Rowan will talk about ozone.
0: So, you mentioned that
1: statins at one level don't work, and then they do work. Well, the, you know, the Paleo-Raji study from 2004, which uh, I keep going back to as the study that started the paradigm shift, of course, it, it, it's been ignored and buried by mainstream cardiology for the last 15 years, but that study showed there were two groups of patients. One group seemed to benefit from the statin drugs. They're, they had a very good prognosis with a very low rate of cardiac event. The, the other group, which consisted of 41 patients, had rapid progression of calcium score and promptly proceeded to myocardial infarction in spite of the statin drug. So, the, the question I raised was, you know, what's the explanation for these two different groups of patients? What, what is the difference between these two groups? And the authors of the study didn't comment on that, did not have an explanation. But the explanation I propose is that if it's true that progressive calcification is due to underlying infection in the arterial wall from endotoxemia, then the explanation would, would be obviously that the patients who have progressive increase in, in coronary calcification and proceed to myocardial infarction, those patients must have much more severe and and persistent, unrelenting endotoxemia that overwhelms the pleiotropic effect, the antimicrobial and anti-inflammatory effects of the statin drug. When we talk about pleiotropic effect of statin drug, it's the anti-inflammatory, antimicrobial effect of the statin drug. It has nothing to do with cholesterol-lowering. Of course, statin drugs reduce the cholesterol, but uh, we know from other studies of non-statin cholesterol-lowering drugs there's no benefit lowering the cholesterol with with another drug non-statin drugs for example of the one example is a recent study done with the CET, CETP inhibitor cholesterol ester transfer protein evacetrapib which was published in uh, New England Journal 2017 there was a difference from placebo so the, the drug company abandoned the drug even though it reduced LDL cholesterol nicely
0: so you have all these agents that are helping prevent increasing gut permeability leaky gut and you have these agents that are reducing inflammation in either by supplements or the diet so h- why would then the work of I don't know if you're aware of the do- work of Dr. Dean Ornish it's the only accepted program for Medicare that's actually shown reversal mm-hmm. of angiographically proven heart disease in a plant based diet mm-hmm. and then Dr. Esselton Caldwell Esselton he just published in Family Practice I think it was in 2016 or 14, mm-hmm. a, a strict whole food plant based diet, and most of the the blue zone cultures, they're not all plant based, but they're ninety percent. So, is there something in the phytonutrient rich diet is what I'm trying well, again, to get at that reduce you know, inflammation?
1: The the dietary change, the plant based diet, is the way to prevent leaky gut. It, co- it will heal the gut, and it removes those offending those offending foods that are causing leaky gut in these patients. And there's
0: more phytonutrients that maybe reduce some of these inflammatory markers. That, I mean, it's
1: also a possibility which i haven't even thought of but kirk but i think that's a good thought yeah you know so
0: tell us about your book what, what was your vision in writing the book when you wrote the book heart book what did you want
1: the public to get from that a professional or what was your vision well my you know my background is as a vascular radiologist so i've spent a big chunk of my career looking at atherosclerotic disease and trying to understand and figure out you know what is causing atherosclerotic mm-hmm. disease and uh, so i write a newsletter every month is that your blog for my blog, and uh, you know, I have uh, a large subscriber audience that reads my um, articles. Put, put out the blog. I mean, what's yeah, the? It's just jeffreydashmd.com. jeffreydash jeffreydachm d.com. It's my name, md.com. I was thinking, you know, I should write a book, but, and then I realized that I'd been writing about heart disease for ten years, <laughs> so I had this m- massive volume of articles. That uh, you know, I put together, edited, and you know, added added new material, and that became the material for the book. All right, how can I get the book? How can someone get the book? A book is available on Amazon. The Kindle version is five dollars. We want to make it reasonable for everyone, uh, and the uh, the paperback is twenty dollars on Amazon. Called the Heart Book by Def- Jeffrey Dash, D A C H. MD. Anything else you want to say before we close? Well, I mentioned during the talk that you know one of the botanicals that that actually is quite beneficial in in, redu- in slowing progression of calcium score was the the aged garlic, and uh, I mentioned uh, Matthew Budoff as the one of the world's experts in ca- in calcium scoring that has done most of those controlled trials on garlic. So you know, garlic, aged garlic, of course, would be included as a key item in our uh, calcium slowing protocol. You know, there are other items on there on that list, and in in my office you know we've had some cases where we've actually had reduction in calcium score uh, i mentioned the case where we had the patient had a 61 percent increase the previous year and we started the simple protocol of the items that i mentioned the next year his calcium score decreased by five percent
0: yeah well that's something that you know I've, I've talked to dr budoff and he said he's never seen it so so if we could get a a protocol to show that that would be quite remarkable. Soft plaque, he says, and others have reversed, but not hard plaque. And I know there were some case studies out there that people said they have. So maybe we well, can put yeah. those together in a study or
1: something. The study I proposed was to repeat a study like the Pale study, where you have a group of patients being followed with annual calcium score. In that way, the rapid progressors, the, the patients with the calcium score progression greater than 15 Twenty percent. They can be identified early on, the the second or third year of the study, and then they they can be randomized into a placebo arm as well as a um, integrative therapy arm. In order to do a study like this, all the patients have to be on statin drugs from the beginning. You know, the ethics committee of the hospital would not approve a study unless everybody's on a statin drug. So you'd have this third, you know, arm where integrative protocol is added to the rapid progressors. As I mentioned, I showed a slide. I predict that. You know, instead of rapid uh, decline to early myocardial infarction, that third arm would have have a more horizontal line where they're relatively protected.
0: Well, all we have to do is come up with some funds, and it can be done. <laughs> okay, now you're talking. All right, I want to thank you, Dr. Dash, for coming on the show today. And my name thank is Kirk Hamilton, and you can you'll hear this podcast at stayinghealthytoday.com. It's also up on iTunes. And until next time, stay and be well.